Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Squid Billy, who is back in his well it's not technically atlanta what, what city do you live in again squidbilly I, I forget i'm in woodstock woodstock uh, metro area you can just say you know you can say right if, if you tell anybody if you tell anybody that's not familiar with Atlanta, i live in woodstock where atlanta <laughs> squidbilly is right. cracker barrel um <laughs> years ago i was probably i was probably i think i was uh I think it was in college or something, and we went on uh, a road trip. Yeah. And, uh, oh, where are you guys from? I was like, I'm from Dallas, Georgia. Where? Where? Woodstock. I said, Woodstock. I said Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Atlanta. Yeah, it's yeah. a suburb of Atlanta. It's right outside Atlanta. No clue. You know, and, and, and wow. Dallas, Georgia, where I grew up, was, what, 40 minutes outside? Or actually, yeah, yeah probably closer to an hour. Um, I say, yeah, Dallas is kind of far away. But um, because there's no interstate. But, yeah, right. so – I'm in Woodstock, back at my home studios for Peachtree Football, and um, at times Dukes and Bell, and the other side of the glass, and whatever other show that I may or may not appear on at that point in time. Um, yeah, so back. I'm, I'm I'm happy to be home. Got home. We landed last night, I think, around two something, and uh-huh. um, I think I got home after we got you know got got the bus took us to where we where we were parked. Uh-huh. I think I got home uh, about three fifteen, three thirty, something like that. So, oh my goodness gracious, late night for 
Squidbilly. But uh, how much was uh, that tail of Lola's wagon when she uh, finally saw you? She's probably asleep when you got home. I don't know if she woke up or not, but she she definitely saw you this morning. She was awake before I, I could hear her as I was opening the door. Okay. In fact, I walked <laughs> up the stairs and I heard and uh, the front door, and I heard her. And yeah. um, then you know I opened the door and I came in and she didn't come out. And I was like, it's weird. And yeah. I think she was making a noise. She was waiting for me to make a noise that sounded familiar. Right. Right. And I think I mumbled something cause I ran into something or some <laughs> somewhat. And, and uh, all of a sudden I heard, you know, cause it's funny because with her and I know we're way off topic and people don't really care, but yeah. um, <laughs> we cut our nails, try to do a good job of tan on our nails, but we right. had hardwood floors. So when they get long enough to be cut again, Mm-hmm. You can hear her. Right. And get a little pitter patter. <laughs> and I'm like, uh oh, here she comes. And yeah, she came in and it was just like kisses galore. She was yeah. attacking me like she was 150 pounds. So yeah, it's funny. Awesome. She's happy. She's happy that I'm back. Um yeah. and it, well, I would try to go to bed last night and I was like, all right, I'm gonna lay in bed, you know. And I sit down and she's like right there on my chest. Like, dude. I'm like, dude, What's you gotta up? like give me some space. Right. So like, no, you're not getting any space. I haven't seen you for like a week. You're not getting any space for me. Well, I had my hand on her, uh-huh. on her back, you know, like because she, and then I would, I would you now move my hand. I was trying to watch. I had to. I, I think we've had this conversation on other shows. Yeah, I need the TV on when I go to sleep. It just helps me <laughs> kind of wind down. And right, you know, I, my mind goes a thousand miles an hour if I don't. And so I would go. I was trying to find something on, and <laughs> I'm like, dude. <laughs> You're all you're sitting on me. Like right. I, I just my hands on her like so I would it was just she was being ridiculous. She was being very needy. Very yeah, right. needy. She had a very long needy. Week. Very needy and dramatic from Alola who hasn't seen her dad in over a week. So uh, it's understandable both ways. But no, it's it's good to have you back. I'm glad you had safe travels and uh, it's good to have you back in Atlanta, Squid Billy. But more by the way, by yeah. the way, if anyone's wondering, we are talking about my dog. But yes, yes. <laughs> but because it is my baby, you're right. You're right. And she thinks of me as her dad. Yeah. But I did say I didn't make a point that I could hear, her, and right. then you know moving around, and then she has long nails now. We right. got to cut them. I don't want people to think there's any child abuse or anything right. going on. It's just a dog, and we're getting her nails cut. I'm probably going to do it tonight because I was like, okay, I can hear you too much. But anyways, we had to clarify. If you ever hear Lola on this podcast, we were talking about Lola the dog, just to make that clear. But no. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Most importantly, Boy Morgan, the Falcons got a victory. Their first victory of the season as they defeat the Seattle Seahawks 27-23. to And there were moments, Bo Morgan, one specifically where we were all scared and we were like, oh, man, not again. As you know, there was a, a, a muffed fumble, a uh, muffed handoff. I said that resulted in a fumble from Marcus Mariota, Tyler Algier. You could blame the fumble really on either one. Um, but we did recover it. Well, no, actually, we didn't recover. The Seahawks recovered it, but the defense came up big. A sack by Grady Jarrett, followed by an interception by Richie Grant, helped seal the victory. So... It was close. It was a close call. We were sweating, but we got the victory, Bo Morgan. And I know it was a a happy flight back home. It's probably as happy as we could have been coming back home to Atlanta. Yeah, happy flight, happy loading. It was no, it was all nice. Um, 
yeah, let's go ahead and, and tackle the elephant in the room, which is the um, well, one of one of a couple, but the Marcus yeah. Mariota stuff with right. the with the fumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, impossible for me to know whose fault yeah. that was on. Impossible, right. really, for anyone to know, right? Unless they knew the play call, exactly. Um, and honestly, even then, they're when you do the zone read, this is one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of zone read late mm-hmm. in games because you can blame it on Marcus. You can also blame it on Algier. Right. I kind of get both of them. The reality of the situation is you have to protect the football. And when we say on our broadcast, literally, the one, you know, hey, no important things, protect the ball. And literally the ball goes on the ground. It's crazy to think, but here's the thing. I can't blame both guys or one guy without saying, hey, this is a communication issue between a rookie running back and a first-year starter in this on this team. I know he's right. been a starter in his career. It was a rough situation. Ultimately, the guy making more money gets blamed. The yep. veteran gets blamed. Yep. And that's Marcus. But the reality of the situation is – I, I, you know, I don't know. And did Algier, it's uh, the camera angle was hard for me to see. Did Algier clamp as he tried to pull? Did Marcus try to pull the ball late? Right. That's where you can kind of assess blame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But the reality of the situation is I need both guys to be better. Right now, Marcus is our quarterback. Yep. And right now, Tyler Algier is our number two running back. And yep. hopefully moving forward. So you got to clean that crap up. I don't want to hear – I don't want to say – I'm not going to sit here and, and and I've told you I don't know who to blame 100%, and I don't want to sit here and throw shade. They got to clean it up. That's Period. how you lose games in the NFL. A good team beats you yesterday because of that. That's – you know, you do that against Cleveland, you're probably losing. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they're just better. Uh, although Seattle looked pretty damn good yesterday on, on offense, <laughs> and I think some of that was what we allowed them to do. But – Reality situation is clean those issues up because we can't have them. Yeah, and let's get into that a little bit because I'm I'm glad you brought that up, what they were able to do on offense. Because, Bo, coming into the game, Cleveland – I mean, Cleveland, that's who we played next week. Seattle, who we played yesterday, they were only averaging 56 yards per game coming into this game. They got 56 yards within their first two drives. That's rushing the ball, 56 yards rushing the ball, that is. They had 56 yards on the ground in their first two drives of the game. They finished with over 100 yards rushing. So what did you see, at least, that was happening in that defense that was allowing Rashad Penny to to get the holes that he was getting? Because there were times where he was gashing us for 10, 15-yard runs. And, I mean, they were happening a couple times during each Seattle Seahawks drive. So what were you seeing? that was allowing Rashad Penny and that offensive line and that Seattle Seahawks offense to get a good running game going? Well, I think we got to remember that early in games, there's a lot, you know, especially the first drive that teams come out with, they're normally scripted, you know, that's a scripted drive. So there's something that they saw. They saw certain looks Mm -hmm. um, on film that they thought they could run against. And, they they came out and tried it with with based on personnel they probably forced you know they kind of forced the hand of what they wanted to see mm-hmm. i thought there were times in the game where the falcons basically had um uh, you know th- three linebackers and uh 
uh, you know, not in three down line, and then you would count the right. edge rusher being the fourth. I think maybe they caught caught in some packages where they 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 kind of were kind of ran out of position. I thought there was also some situations where, um, you know, they kind of would run to their side where they thought they had the most opportunity and it just panned out. But if you go look that first, it was really the first two drives um, where they had some success running the football. And then right. Atlanta did a really good job of tightening it up and, and allowed it to only get a couple of, couple of yards. Also, you know, their, their success though, on first down, yesterday early in the game really put really put the Falcons in some bad situations they weren't they right. weren't tested a lot and you know Geno Smith did what Geno Smith's done all year yeah um, I know that it's easy to rip on Geno and from what he's been but look another day he 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 threw you know coming the, the problem for me is coming into this game he had only thrown for 392 yards right. all season Which now is he's not a lot considering through two weeks yeah, he was completing 81%, um, and he only had two touchdowns. Well, he had two touchdowns and 325 yards in this game. And the lack of ability to win up front uh, at at points in this game really hurt the Falcons. Right. Now, they got the pass rush going late, which was really key. And honestly, it ended up being the difference in the game. The, the, the fact oh, yeah. that they were able to get to um, him him late in the game really changed it because Grady Jarrett always plays well against Seattle. He had another mm-hmm. uh, five tackles, uh, three of them, Garrett, Garrett, Dylan. I'm sorry. Wrong brother. dopey millennial. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I think, I, you know, I was reading, I saw G Jarrett uh, on my notes and I go, Garrett, <laughs> but three of those five tackles, or wow. for loss, including a sack. Um, you know, so you got to, you know, he he played well. He always plays well. You know, Rashawn Evans played well, although yeah. I don't like the scene. He only had one tackle for loss. But the one thing that Rashawn Evans did is he got, on, he got his hands on some balls. He tipped some balls, one of which um, definitely saved the first down. The yeah. other probably cost Richie Grant his first interception of his career. Yeah, it did. He did end up getting to because that that tip kind of threw off the the ball and 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 Richie, uh, Richie made it a tougher catch. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I just thought that they kind of got us in some looks to answer your question that maybe hurt us or they thought they could do some damage and they did. But give Dean Pease or Dean Smith or Drew Pease <laughs> or Dean Breeze, whoever the hell was actually calling the uh, defense according to the NFL on Fox <laughs> crew. Um, Chris Myers, awful. But whoever was actually calling our defense yesterday did a good job making adjustments to get the run and was able to hamp that. It just this team, Dylan. They run a lot of. Me and Arch were talking about this. They run and 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 I was saying, hey, you know, they like to dink and dunk and and kind of take what you're giving. He goes, yeah, he goes, but they run a lot of crossing routes too. They they'll line up in these pyramids formations, uh, what we were calling them, where they have basically a triangle of receivers right there and when you're playing off, you know, they kind of seem to seem to, it kind of helps create separation. It yes. gets these guys seven, 10 yards down the field. Right. And then before you make any contacts, I thought, I thought Gino did a really good job of taking what the defense gave him. Um, and that led to some of that yesterday. Yeah. And, and the thing about the crossing routes too, a lot of those crossing routes kind of had that, 
you know, uh, what Dave Archer was calling them on the broadcast, they had a lot of that, you know, rub action. There were a lot of rub routes where there was a, uh, a slight pick where it wasn't, you know, illegal. It was just, you know, well, play calling. Well, the defender kind of had the move out of the way of the other offensive player, and that created the separation that you were talking about. So there was definitely some good play calling. Like you said, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of rub routes going on as well. So Gino, he, he, he definitely took with the – what the defense uh, gave him as well, and uh, also it's funny. Did you know uh, Kyle Pitts actually went to Oregon? He didn't. He didn't go to Florida, Bo. He went to Oregon. Yes, that's uh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's uh, it's really crazy to hear. Um, right. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that that's where he went. I mean, I, I all those games I watched him at Florida. I guess that was just that was that, maybe that was Kyle Mitts. I don't know. My Kyle Mitts. Oh no, that's hilarious. But no, seriously. The the one thing that that helped us out, and like you talked about, late in games, when we got them in obvious passing situations, and we made, and when we made Geno Ball push, Geno Geno Ball, Geno Smith push the ball down the field, he did not have a lot of success doing that, and part of that it was thanks to got some pressure when we were able to get them in them long passing situations, and then part of that too is I think. I think AJ Terrell had a pretty good bounce back game. He had not had a great, you know, he had a great couple of first games. He will tell you himself that he struggled, but I think he did a a fairly good job on DK Metcalf. Had a couple of um, pass breakups, had a couple of pass deflections, did a couple of really nice jobs covering. Um, so AJ Terrell, I think, had a very nice uh, bounce back game, which was imperative because it really did not allow. Geno Smith to push the ball down the field. I mean, I know they really weren't trying to do that a whole lot anyway, but when they did, it wasn't really there. It wasn't really open. And I think a lot of that is part of uh, how the, the secondary played. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Well, they do want to take shots with DK Metcalf and Tyler right. Lockett to an extent. Yeah, they did take a shot or two, and I thought your point, AJ, was there. Even the touchdown, I don't know who's. I don't, you know, you go back and you look at it, and we talked about it. Um, looks like AJ kind of releases him because they were in it would appear to be zone, oh, and yeah. Hawkins didn't get there in time. So it's just like right. both. It, it, it's not a whole all oh, oh, AJ. Look at him giving up more touchdowns. It was kind of a joint thing, right? Um, and that's what happens with some of the zone coverages where you, know, you have a guy to a certain extent. But I do think, and I, I'd love to get, I'd love to hear someone ask uh, Dean uh, Pease about this. You know, on that touchdown, like, hey, coach, can you go through what happened there? Uh, obviously, Dean is. Um, ahead of the game football knowledge with most of us. But, it, you know, it did appear to be zone, and, and, and it was at a play where maybe the, because of where they're at, just A.J. got to recognize. I'd have to go back and watch the entire thing, right? Um, the actual play again, because I can't, I you know, really tell if there was another guy there that maybe A.J. was paying attention to. But maybe A.J. Mm-hmm. should just go with that. Maybe you should just let A.J. match up with a guy like D.K. Metcalf in the red zone anyways. I don't yeah. know. Um, that was a – that was a, a thing that I had talked about all week. Yeah, was the red area and yeah. and 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 how that was an important thing. And this team, 
had not scored touchdowns in the red area. Uh, the well, either you know we hadn't scored them ourselves. We were only going fifty percent, mm-hmm. and the Seahawks were had three possessions in the red area with no touchdowns. Now, yep. the thing I would like to say is that the that the, the Seahawks had five possessions in the red area, mm-hmm. and they only scored two touchdowns out that's, of it. That's so, what you needed to do. So that was that was an imp- improvement yep. by our defense, and honestly. Our offense went down there and scored three times out of four, which they were coming in at 50%. They had only scored two touchdowns in the red zone all year. Yeah. Um, so to, 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 to go ahead and top that with three and to add, you know, make go 75%, that was, that was good to me. That was a step. That's how you win games. And this is a game where despite the little things popping up, like the Mariota mm-hmm. fumble, the Mariota Algier miscommunication on the zone read. Mm-hmm the fumble you were still able to overcome that you did the little things this week you did and that was important that's something i've harked on mm-hmm. and i hope that this team a young team kind of found found out and realized hey that there was one of the things they got to learn how to win games learn how to win games right this was a game where i felt like they they they, they won they didn't get handed them they went and won yeah. because they they learned how to finish a little bit better. And that was important. Yeah, no, very important. That that was the thing that really was holding them back in the first two games. You just didn't finish. You didn't make the plays. You didn't execute down the stretch when when it counted the most. And they did that this week on defense. You know, you gotta you gotta get a stop. And they did that. Grady Jarrett gets a big sack. And even before that, I think Lorenzo Carter got a sack. Then Grady Jarrett gets a sack. And then Richie Grant gets that interception. So big plays were made when they needed to, and you finished the ball game and you made the plays when you needed to. So that was vitally important. I want to switch to the offense a little bit now, Bo Morgan, because, man, we we got to talk about this guy. Because, uh, I mean, Cordell Patterson had himself a day. And we thought he went off in the Saints game. Man, he went off against the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. Could not be stopped hurtling guys, running guys over. I mean, Cordell Patterson looks like he's done. he's been drinking out of the fountain of youth these past two seasons for the Atlanta Falcons. So, Cordell, and two, I know Cordell Patterson was making a lot, of, a lot of great runs, running very physical, running very hard, but I think we need to start giving some credit to this offensive line, Bo Morgan, because, or at least more than we have been, because, you know, the offensive line was something we were a little we were a little skeptical about. And the offensive line, you know, hasn't they, – they played well. They've played well. They've been creating holes for Cordell Patterson. They've been doing good things. And even yesterday, not having Elijah Wilkinson, who was out because of personal reasons, and uh, Kobe uh, Gossett filling in. I mean, they got the job done, and they and they dictated the terms in the line of scrimmage as far as uh, on the offense goes. So is, is this offensive line – really better than than we expected or i mean is it is it more of a schematics thing um, how do you how do you feel about this offensive line play so far i i think the offensive line has been much better than last year much yeah. much improved i don't think mm-hmm. they've been terrible they've been really good um they did a really good job with aaron donald in week two we didn't even hardly call aaron donald's name in no. week two um that all oh, that was a really good positive 
But honestly, I think the offensive line's done a good job. They've opened holes. The thing that makes Cordero Patterson the guy right now is the way he hits the hole. There's no yeah. there's no hesitation. He mm-hmm. sees a hole, he hits it, he goes, and then he del- then he just um he delivers some blows. I we had him on post game on the Falcons Radio Network. Yep. And I don't make a habit of doing this because these guys are trying to get home, blah, blah, blah. But when Cordero left the interview, um, I was the way he had to go was right where I was standing because obviously I'm a part of those as far as getting them on on the air right. and everything. And I just kind of stood like that. I kind of kind of like that in his way. And he, he looks <laughs> at me and I, I said, dude, I said, uh, we're going to get you a thousand yards this year. Yes, sir. And um, he's like, boy, I hope, I hope. Because, you know, I really – this guy, um, I had to double check, but he's had 200-yard games. He's well over 300 yards rushing already through three games. Mm-hmm. And he had a run out there uh, in the second half, and he hurdles a guy, Yep. lands, takes another – these giant strides because he's six four guys he's not a little guy excuse me six mm. two he's a big dude but he's a big six two two twenty this guy looks yeah. like a linebacker coming downhill mm-hmm. in fact he's bigger than a couple of our linebackers <laughs> um to, to be honest he's he's bigger than a than, than a few of their linebackers to be honest with you uh-huh. and so he comes downhill and then he just unloads on uh, the, the 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 free safety Josh Jones number thirteen. I think it was number thirteen. I mean, just buries him and still is going. Finally went down, but man, this this guy, he is so much fun to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. Mm-hmm. That that first drive in the second half, you know, they come out and they get a field goal to start the second half, and it's twenty three. Uh, I think it was 23-20. Yeah, 23-20. I think you're right. Or 23-17. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I think think it was right. 23-20. I'm pretty sure. He goes right right down the field. And, um, you know, he was just – they were just huge holes. And he was just – I mean, he was running through them, just dominating. And it was really fun to see. Dylan – he had he was he had thirty four yards on seven carries in the first half, averaging just under five yards a carry. Not bad, mm-hmm. not bad. Nope. In the second half, he had ten carries for one hundred and seven yards. He ended up with an eight point three yard average. That's so, ridiculous. Really picked it up. Yeah. And just fun to watch. Just the guy, just amazing. Um, great second half for him, and he he is really the he's really stirring the pot for this team. He mm-hmm. is a difference maker. You have to worry about him. The only issue, the only thing that concerns me so far is how much, how many carries. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be a thing, and I'm not saying it is, but it, it I don't want him to wear down. I mean, he's yeah. got 49 carries so far this year for 302 yards. He's averaging 100 yards a game. Yep. Um, you know, he's got a couple of touchdowns on the ground and by far and away the leading ball carrier. I mean, the next closest guy is Tyler Algier with 16 carries. Uh, if you do, well, next running back, Marcus Mariota has, has carried the ball 25 times himself. So right. this team averaging 156.7 yards a game, 
Um, another good – this really helped them win this game. And, by the way, they were rolling in that, that drive before drone gate happens. They're rolling, uh, Dylon. <laughs> Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Not the drone gate, but hey, that was that was hilarious what they what the Atlanta Falcons put on their social media afterwards when they said, we're wondering what that was. And it was the drone had a little Atlanta Falcons thing on it and it had the L. That was that was funny. That was a, that was good work by the social media team there. But no, I'm glad you said what you said about Cordell Patterson because you literally read my mind and you answered the question I was going to ask you, which was going to be, are you worried about how much of a workload and how many carries Cordell Patterson is getting? Because, you know, even though I just said Cordell Patterson looks like he's drinking out of the fountain of youth, which he does, you know, he is in his he is in his 30s. So it's you, I really don't like the fact that he's getting that many carries, and it's only week three. We've only been through three weeks of the season. The pace he's on now, I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think that'll be good for Cordell Patterson. So that's where we need to get a, a, a Tyler Algier in there. He needs to split more of the carries. That's when we need to get a, a Damian Williams back, help take the load off of him. So I don't think that's sustainable. So while I love seeing CP run the football and run guys over and hurdle guys and score 17-yard rushing touchdowns and things like that. I don't want to see us overuse him so he's not at his best down the stretch. It has to be a nice balance. I I, I don't like the fact that well, he's getting as much load as he is right now. Well, and, and look, I, the Damian Williams thing has changed up how you want to – how your workload is going because right. you expected him to take a good part of it. Right. But a, Tyler Algier is slowly – working in to get taking a more bulk. I mean, he's had 16 carries over two games. Uh-huh. So he's at, you know, he's averaging eight a game. Uh, he had 10 and uh, against the Rams. So a little bit less this week, but it, it's coming there for him. And, and with, with, with Mariota, you know, taking it as well. And also, you know, yesterday, I, I, I something that you just kind of jog my memory, the balance mm-hmm. for yesterday. I mean, they, they, um they threw the ball, uh, uh, 20 times and they ran it 31. That's what they want to do. They want to yes. run the ball more. So I expect yep. Algier to com- to kind of continue to help out in that workload and grow more comfortable. Right. But right now you are leaning on heavy dose of CP. So, you know, just keep it. I mean, just keep it going, dude. Let's just keep CP going. <laughs> and by the way, can I, uh-huh. we briefly touched on this earlier and I know yeah. we're getting up against it. So I want to mention this. You know, I thought I think we put it to rest when we re-signed him. Mm-hmm. But the whole Grady Jarrett doesn't fit the Dean Pease defense is a load of crock. I mean, that's yep. complete crap, garbage. It and it's being shown with how well he's playing so far this year. Um, Grady, I've talked about it. Three tackles for loss yesterday. Mm-hmm. He came into the season, I mean, came into the game, um, with with one he got another sack now he's got two and a half sacks he's got four tackles for loss like three or four quarterback hits and he uh, you know 
honestly, you really should have had two sacks in that game, but one, they made it a tackle for loss because I guess they, they said Geno Smith had turned into a runner um, on that one play. So Grady really should have had two sacks because he did. It's, it seemed more like a sack than a tackle for loss, but anywho, to, to your point, sorry to interrupt. Grady is playing great. And I mean, he, he came in this, this offseason best shape of his life. Like you said, he got the contract extension. So yeah, him not fitting the DMP system is a load of baloney. I mean, it's, well, it just shows you that you got good players and you do yeah. what you, you know how to use them. If, if they fit your system, if they fit, if they're willing, let me rephrase it. If they're willing to do what you're asking them to do, then you're going to, then you'll, you'll, you'll find ways to use them. And I think that's obviously great. Grady was eating double teams at times yesterday. Grady had his helmet yeah. ripped off and didn't even get called. I thought they got away with a few things yesterday. I could probably say that every freaking week. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, there are right. times where we get away with stuff. We got some. We got a call. I think yesterday. I remember um, that I thought was a little bit generous. And look, I'll take it. We don't. Yeah. We don't get them. But Grady Jarrett's played well. He's he's been a leader on this defense. AJ's best game of the year. I thought mm-hmm. you mentioned that earlier. Um, Taquan Graham, or as I like Wes likes to call him TQ, TQ. and I, I kind of like that. It <laughs> makes it easy. But Taquan yeah. Graham's played well as well. Also, uh, I I you know Michael Walker just missed another interception. Michael Walker. Nope. Is I'm hard on Michael Walker because I see it. I yeah. see that I see how good he can be, but he's all he, he seems to be having those plays every game that I always heard Deion Jones had. It always pissed me off. <laughs> oh, Deion, do, 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 do. we always harped on the one play Deion didn't make. Yeah, Michael Walker is still learning those situations, but man, mm-hmm. he's right there. He's, he's right there. He almost had another one. Yep. Uh, he, he is an interception, I should say. Um, and, and I said something to him, yes, I said, dude, you almost got another one. He goes, yeah, they're going to keep throwing to me though. He knows it. You know, it's funny, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, he, he's showing some growth, but you know, we, the paper cut thing really killed us. We can't let Cleveland do that next week with, uh, right. Amari Cooper coming in here and Jacoby Brissett's another guy. If you get, he, he's smart enough to take what you give him. Shut some of that down. Let's get that pass rush heated back up. It, yep. it showed up when we needed it yesterday. Yep. It That's fine. But through three quarters, you really had no pass rush, but then it showed up, which is kind of the opposite we saw in the Saints game where we had it early and then it was gone. Yep. So, look, great win. Uh, I know we're getting close to the end here. It, it's just great to get that one out of the way. It's kind of like, Ooh. you know, getting that – uh. You, that first win is uh, in any sport seems to be the, the toughest, and then yep. you can kind of get some confidence. I think this team's got some confidence they can build on. Um, and look, the elephant in the room that we we haven't touched on either, and we neither one of us were worried about it was Kyle Pitts' usage, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, look, they they I, look, I was happy. I think I think what they did yesterday was perfect because what I was afraid of is them wanting to silence all the the critics and other media members and pundits and whatnot. I was scared of them going to over force feed Kyle Pitts, but no, what they did yesterday, I thought was perfect. That, that little tight end screen that went for 21 yards and almost gave and almost put Kyle uh, Pitts in the end zone. Perfect play. That was something to get him involved, but it's not too risky, but it's just a good play to get your best player going. Like that was perfect. And the other ways they got him involved, you know, find him taking shots downfield. Marcus Mariota threw a nice, um, I think it was, I don't remember if it was like a corner route or a fade route, but back more of a back shoulder type thing. But it was a 50-50 ball that Kyle Pitts went up and got. 
Like what they did yesterday, what Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota did yesterday to get their uh, tight end involved, I think they did it beautifully. They didn't overforce feed him, but they let you know, hey, we can get this dude involved. He's a part of our offense, so let's stop talking about it and put that narrative to bed just like we can put the Grady Jarrett doesn't belong in a DMP's defense to bed. So I love what they did with Kyle Pitts yesterday. Well, you know, and, and, and Arch talked about this, and I, 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 uh, I'm I big on uh, trying to give guys credit when they say something mm-hmm. and they and something's, you know, but Arch mentioned uh, on the broadcast the maturity of Drake London where yes. there was a they threw a screen to Drake in the game and Drake, Showed patience, let his blockers get out in front, yeah. made a nice game. Right. And in the game against LA, he kind of rushed uh, and, and looked like right. looked like he didn't allow it. So, because those, those screens, sometimes you got to allow things to develop. And so, yeah. the, the Drake London goes out, has another uh, three catch game, I think 54 yards. He was targeted six times and a touchdown. And that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. That was a man's touchdown. That was a that was a big time throw yep. for Marcus Mariota because the blitz, the there's a free blitzer right in his face as he goes. And Drake ran the route perfect. He knew Drake was going to be there. He hit it. And Drake's adjustment after the catch to say, hey, you ain't bringing me down with that BS arm tackle uh-uh. crap. That, <laughs> that was the best big boy football. Drake London has blown me away. So far, and in fact, I'm throwing you on the spot because I just came up with this. We'll we do something like similar to this in, in Dukes and Bell where we do uh-huh. um, game ball, no ball. I'm going to give a game ball out, and I want you to give one out. I'm going to give one on mm-hmm. defense, give one on offense. I'll go mm-hmm. first with offense because you okay. know where I'm going with this, and that way you can give the one on defense so you kind of yeah. have mm-hmm. a leg up. But I'm giving my game ball on offense to Cordero Patterson. He yes. is the guy that makes this. He is the energy for this offense. He is the man on this offense. And he showed it yesterday because what do I want a a game changer to do, Dylon? Take over the second half. And that's yes, what sir. yesterday. That's what CP did yesterday for sure. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My game ball on defense, it has to go to Grady Jarrett. I mean, just the way he affected the ball game throughout the game, made big plays. I mean, made one of the biggest, if not the biggest play in the game, getting that sack right before Richie Grant got that interception. You know, he made it a third down and long situation. And, you know, then that led to Richie Grant getting the interception, thus icing the game away. So on defense, got to give it to Grady Jarrett because, I mean, he's really just been playing his butt off the entire season. And, I mean, his hard work really showed off yesterday. He just kept fighting, kept going, kept at it. And, you know, like he he said it during the postgame interview with Arch. He said, you know, at this point, I'm not I'm not giving my energy to calls that I don't get. I'm just I'm just going to keep playing, keep fighting. And that's what he did yesterday. And he got himself five tackles, three for loss, and a sack. So, my game ball is definitely going to Grady Jarrett on the defensive end. And I, I want real quick, I want to piggyback off that Drake London thing because I also want to give credit to Arch. Um, you talk about the maturity of Drake London, too. You talk about how he understands what he needs to do and where he needs to be. Arch 
talked about it um, when that touchdown play happened, how Drake knew he had to snap his head around real quick because he knew that pressure was getting in on Marcus Mariota. He knew he was coming open, and I guess he maybe was kind of the hot route on that play. Um, but he snapped his head around. Marcus got the ball to him beautifully, and then he made that nice spin move and then just carried a defender into the end zone. So, no, I just wanted to piggyback off that uh, Drake London play because that was a that was a great play all the way around from Marcus to, to, to start and then Drake London finishing it. So, there you go. Yeah, one uh, one final um, one final note for me. Yeah, um, is I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the effort that Rashawn Evans had yesterday. Yeah, uh, I think we might have mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. but uh, just that I just had to think that at one more time. He had twelve tackles or in on twelve tackles. I think like nine were solo or something. But those two, those you know, almost makes an interception. Yep. Probably wish he wouldn't have touched it. One of them was a good deflection <laughs> we talked about earlier. It was uh, a, probably a first down. It was it was gonna be a first down with DK Metcalf. AJ was in in coverage there, and he was in. He's on point, but the throw uh, still almost you know um, was very accurate. Right. Gino was very accurate yesterday with the ball. Yeah. Uh, very uh, you know some of them didn't have to be, but he made some good throws yesterday. But Rashawn Evans played well, and mm-hmm. uh, you can't 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 underestimate how well he played. And Troy Anderson got in there on some snaps and was playing. So they're they're trying to get some guys. They're trying to win games and get some guys like Troy Anderson and such some uh, some reps. So look, great win! Happy to be back from Seattle. Happy to be yeah. back in the, at, at ATL. I don't even. I've never called it that. Happy <laughs> to be back in Atlanta, um, where I belong, and uh, looking forward to a home game this week. But we got a couple more shows this week of of Peachtree football. So dude, we're just oh, getting yeah. started, baby. We're just getting started during the week. We're ready to go. Bo's happy to be back in Hotlanta. I'm, I'm just kidding. No. Literally, nobody wants to call it Hotlanta. Nobody's – please don't call it Hotlanta. Anywho, uh, we got we got some great shows coming up for you. Uh, so, we will uh, we will keep getting deeper and deeper into this upcoming matchup against the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, we had to come on here and uh, react to our first victory of the season. Our first victory Monday here on Peachtree Football as the Falcons get a 27-23 to win over the Seattle Seahawks. So, we'll be back on Wednesday – We'll, we'll 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 mix in a little bit of both. We'll talk about the things we saw in Seattle. We'll, we'll slightly slightly talk about a few things um coming up this upcoming week against the Cleveland Browns. So we'll give you the best of both worlds on on Wednesday. But no, great win, and this young team is playing with some confidence now, and that was a huge win to give these guys a big morale boost coming back home, a big confidence boost to the young guys because these young guys, not just Drake London. But Michael Walker, like you talked about, now Richie Grant getting his first career interception, almost really should have had it too. But these young guys are starting to figure out what they need to do in this in this league. They're starting to figure out that hey, I can play with these guys. I can, I, I belong in the NFL. I'm an NFL caliber player, and I know that now. So they're getting some confidence behind them, and confidence is a huge, huge thing in the NFL. And the Atlanta Falcons are riding high with that right about now. So for Bo Morgan. It's Dylan Matthews. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Peachtree Football. Make sure you follow the podcast, download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. We are there on Peachtree Football. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Until we talk to you guys next time, peace.